coming up on today's episode, we got some freaking exciting damn news for this Miami Dolphins team, for this Miami Dolphins fan base. Bradley Chubb, 26-year-old pro bowler from the Denver Broncos, this dude is an absolute stud, goes right into our team for this push. I mean, listen to me. This is a guy you're getting a dominant, proven pass rusher you're getting a guy that has five and a half sacks already to this season he's already gonna be plugged into this team and before playing an nfl game he is our leader in sacks like that is unfreaking believable that is exactly what you're adding to this team i mean brilliant job by chris greer his ability is to continue to make moves and play chess and not checkers has been awesome awesome to witness as a fan like i said He's going to be the leader in sacks on our team already. A position of need, linebacker, something that you needed to do, pass rush, ability to get to the quarterback, especially with all these injuries with our DBs. Listen, Josh Boyer has a weapon to play with on the defensive side of the football, and that's Bradley Chubb. He's going to be ready to go. He's going to fit right in, and I am freaking excited, and you guys should be too. What this move does for our fan base is literally proves to us that this organization is ready to win now. We want to go to the playoffs now. We want to win playoff games, and we want to potentially go even further. All of these moves are being done for that reason and that reason only. When you look at the offseason, when you look at these moves in the trade deadline, Chris Greer is given exactly what this Dolphin fan base can ever ask for, and that's a team that's ready to compete and compete and compete listen we're gonna talk about the bradley chubb trade i'm gonna tell you guys what exactly we had to give up what exactly i expect from him what are we getting with bradley chubb how does he fit in we're talking all of that and chris greer didn't stop there man listen he sent chase edmonds out in the deal which means hey we needed a running back who did we get jeff wilson jr might not be a flashy name the most but this guy has the ability to be a plug-and-play guy and has a lot of great things to him, which I'm going to talk about. What are we getting with Jeff Wilson as well to this Miami Dolphins team? So this is a trade deadline special. We talk a little bit about my takeaways from the Lions game this past Sunday. A couple things I didn't like, a lot of things I did like, so I share both of that. And then we flip the page. Got the Chicago Bears on the road this weekend. Give you guys a preview, give you guys my X factors, and then best of yet, at the end, you get the prediction. Who will win? Who will lose? Who's the X factor? Listen, all of that stuff we're talking about right here. This is going to be a jam-packed episode, but a fun one at that. All that coming up on the Miami Sports Vibes Podcast. Welcome to the Miami Sports Vibes Podcast, and it is nothing but great freaking vibes here for the Miami Dolphins team, for the Miami Dolphins fan base. It's just everywhere, everywhere. You're just so freaking excited and so freaking pumped up as this team and this organization and this GM has now shown to all of us, all of us fans here, that this team is absolutely going all in. We are going all in to try to get to the playoffs, try to win playoff games, and possibly be a team to be reckoned with once we get there. We got to take it one step at a time. But what an absolutely amazing trade deadline that just transpired yesterday evening. I mean, wow, wow, 
wow, Chris Greer continues to just amaze people. I mean, <laughs> this dude, it's like every time you think he's sleeping and you think he's done or you think he's not doing something, it's just like, boom, he just hits you with something right away. And it is, it's just unbelievable. It's just unbelievable what he's willing to do and what he has been able to do as a GM for this Miami Dolphins team and organization. It is awesome. So obviously, I'm sure everybody has heard by now. If you don't, I mean, are you living under a rock? Like, how are you listening to this podcast if you don't know that the Miami Dolphins have acquired Bradley Chubb out of the Denver Broncos? I mean, man, man. So how did we get here, you ask, right? What did we give up? Was it a big deal? Was it worth it? This guy's on an expiring deal. Yada, yada, yada. Listen, let's just tell you, I'm gonna tell you right now. We got Bradley Chubb and a 2025 fifth round pick in exchange for Chase Edmonds. So we packed his ass out of here. We're giving up a 2023 first round pick, which came from San Francisco. So we will not have our first round pick at all this coming season and a 2024 fourth round pick. So we're giving up a fourth, a first and Chase Edmonds. You're getting back a fifth round pick in return and you're getting a former Pro Bowl Bradley Chubb to the mix at the linebacking position, which you absolutely needed to address. This team just absolutely needed to address this defense. And how about this? Getting a guy that's 26 years old, getting a guy who has Pro Bowl experience, getting a guy who is built different, 26 years old, and helps right away. When I'm talking about right away, like, I, I, I freaking mean it. This dude has five and a half sacks so far, so he is an immediate impact guy, something that you desperately need. Like, how many times have we been crying here? Like, when will this Miami Dolphins team get a pass rush? When will this Miami uh, defense start getting some freaking sacks in the mix like we used to? Hey, you're getting a guy that right now, he's playing some good football. Let me tell you that. He's got 26 tackles right now five and a half sacks already like <laughs> hey come on man he'd be leading in sacks right now with the Miami Dolphins like just think about that so what are you getting in Bradley Chubb right you're getting a guy that's played four seasons in the NFL he's currently on his fifth season all right this dude came out of the draft like as a force to be reckoned with like he finished that that season with 60 tackles and 12 sacks believe it or not yeah 12 sacks in 2020, he had seven and a half sacks. I thought that was a big time year. He battled with some injury issues, don't get me wrong. But his big seasons was that first year, that rookie season, and that 2020 season. Seven and a half sacks is no joke. 12 sacks in his first year, no joke. He is back up to where he was at those great years, the first year and the third year. Right now, with 26 sacks and five and a half sacks. And we're what, midway through the season? Think about it. He's on pace for getting 11 sacks this year. He's on pace for, giving, for getting over 50 tackles this season. This dude is going to give and just his impact is going to be felt. Obviously, you need to have somebody next to a Jerome Baker. This defense needs a new communicator. This defense needs some pass rushing. This ne defense needs some experience. And how about adding an experienced linebacker that has made it to the Pro Bowl? Somebody that is respectable. Somebody that you plug in and is ready. Anybody that's worried about the contract, oh my God, is he going to ask for too much money? Listen, first of all, we're going to give him a contract and we're going to give him a good contract because you do not give up a first round pick in the next, uh, in this year's draft. And now completely you're out of it because we don't have our first round pick. So you're completely out of first round picks if you're not willing to commit to Bradley Chubb long term. So listen, I'm not worried about it. I trust Chris Greer. I trust Steven Ross. I trust this entire organization to do what they need to do to get this dude locked up here for the future. 
And hey, the rest is history as a fan. It, it ain't coming out of our pockets. So, like, listen, like, it's all damn good. That's for sure. And also, you pay for what you get. You're going to have to pay to be this team. You, you want to be the team that gets to the playoffs, right? You want to be the team that wins a playoff game. You want to have this team that, you know, oh, you got you to gotta fix the linebackers. You got to fix this. Then you're going to have to pay. So I'm absolutely all on board with whatever deal they have to make. I'm just going to suck it up and say, hey, listen, I'm down. All right, you're bringing in a Pro Bowl linebacker like Bradley Chubb in here. Like, the dude is a real freaking deal. And we're going to really, really get to enjoy this guy in a Miami Dolphins uniform. I am freaking excited. I am freaking pumped. I mean, the fact that Chris Greer pulled this off, it just has to excite you as a Dolphin fan. Like, this Dolphins team is unbelievable. This organization, what they've been willing to do this year, you get a new head coach that believes in your quarterback. You see the development in your quarterback thus far, right? You get the best um, lineman in free agency in Teron Armstead. You trade for arguably one of the best wide receivers in the NFL, if not the best this season, maybe close to second. You got to put him top three in Tyreek Hill. To me, he's number one this season, but hey, that's just me. I'm, maybe I'm biased. But you get him to the mix, and now you're getting a Pro Bowl linebacker at that? Yo, like, this team is going all in. And it feels so damn good to be a fan of this organization, be a fan of this franchise, because, man, this has been so many years of, you know, uncertainty and mediocrity and, you know, swinging and missing past trade deadlines. You name it, man. And we actually got a squad. And it just it sucks to know that our defense is not fully healthy because, man, if this defense was fully healthy and you're pairing up with this offense that we already have. Sheesh. I mean, you can literally argue that the Dolphins will probably be, if completely healthy, this roster as is, with these additions of Bradley Chubb and Jeff Wilson, you can argue that this team is a top three team in the AFC. I kid you not. I mean, you can you can say Buffalo is ahead of us, sure thing. You can say Kansas City is ahead of us, sure thing. But I think if you have this team fully healthy, I think it stops right there. <laughs> I really think the Dolphins are the third best team in the AFC if healthy. But hey, Things happen. Byron Jones is on his bullshit. So apparently, you know, there's going to be a struggle on defense. But hey, Chris Greer absolutely did not punt. He did what he had to do. He gambled a bit. And right here, here we have it. Here we have it. This team has a dominant, dominant addition to it. And that's all you can do. You are trying to go all in this year. And that's absolutely everything a fan would definitely want in this team. But it didn't stop there, like I mentioned. We also made another move. So with trading Chase Edmonds, who absolutely was having a terrible season thus far, and I had high expectations for him. You guys know if you listen to this podcast, I really thought Chase Edmonds was going to be a guy that was going to be very featured in this offense. And I thought he was going to put in a lot of work. I really did. I thought he was going to be the real deal. Obviously, when you get rid of him, you are left with Raheem Moster. Now, Raheem Moster is my guy. I mean, Raheem Mostert is a beast. He is fast as hell. He is good as hell. He's been carrying the ball well. I absolutely loved what I've seen from Raheem Mostert. But those of you guys know, Raheem Mostert always battles with some injuries. Granted, it hasn't happened yet. But it happens nearly every single season that this man has so much talent, but just has a problem staying healthy. And that's okay. But you can't leave him out there. I would love to give him 25 carries a game, don't get me wrong, but you know something might happen down the line if you don't manage this guy's minutes and this guy's touches. So, gotta pivot, right? And how about this? Dolphins end up sending 
a fifth-round pick to the 49ers in exchange for Jeff Wilson Jr. Jeff Wilson Jr. is awesome. This is a guy that already has tons of experience. He's currently on his fifth year, so he's only 26 years old as well. This guy averages 4.4 yards per carry, which is awesome. He had a big, big season in 2020 where he rushed for 600 yards and had seven touchdowns. He's got 15 total touchdowns in his career. This dude can run. This dude has experience. This dude also is averaging 5.1 yards per carry this season. So he's having a great year this season. So you'll be able to plug and play him. And this is a guy that already Mike McDaniel has had experience with in his time in San Francisco. You are getting a guy that is six foot zero. All right. With speed and power. This guy is 213 pounds. He is perfect. Perfect compliments of Mostert. Has played with Mostert before. And here is the icing on the cake. He knows the entire system. He knows the entire system that Mike McDaniel wants to run. So he's familiar with the play system. So which, what does that make? This is a guy that you're able to play right away. And he's going to be able to produce. So two big moves by the Miami Dolphins and their front office that absolutely tell that this fan base that, hey, we are going all in. And I am freaking excited as hell, man. I mean, Jesus, what a masterpiece. From Chris Greer. I mean, listen, it's just crazy. This dates all the way back to the draft, okay? Remember, we had the third pick. Everybody was saying, hey, are we going to take Kyle Pitts? Are we going to take Jamar Chase? Yada, yada, yada. Remember, the Dolphins moved back all the way to six where they ended up taking a Jalen Waddle, right? But what happened with those picks? Remember, we got three first-round picks in that deal. And let me just tell you that we, Chris Greer, has traded all of those three first-round picks, and this is what it got you, all right? First of all, the 21 pick was packaged in the deal for Jalen Waddle. Remember, we moved back all the way to 12 to Philadelphia. That's what had happened. But then we had to move back up to six. So we traded our first-round pick out of one of those three first-round picks that they gave us to move up to six to take Jalen Waddle. okay? So this is... Just keep stay with me here. The second first round pick that we got, we used it in the trade to get you Tyreek Hill. Listen, that first round pick has a lot of value to it. And this 2023 first round pick that we just traded netted you Bradley Chubb. That is insane work by Chris Greer. This man continues to just play chess and not checkers. I mean, this is crazy, man. This is crazy. Like, we had the third pick in that draft, got three first-round picks to move all the way back to 12, ended up getting Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill, and Bradley Chubb just for that. Truly, truly like, hey, everybody, round of applause. Round of applause for Chris Greer, man. This dude is awesome. But this is great. This is a great time. This is a great time to be a Dolphins fan. This is a great time to be excited about this team. You have absolutely all the right in the world to be excited because th this is just, this is awesome, man. I can't wait. I'm willing to get the ball rolling. I'm, I'm ready to get the ball rolling already. I want to see these guys in uniform and producing, man. This is, this is big time. But, hey, we got a game to talk about on this podcast. And the Miami Dolphins, right now, as it currently stands, are 5-3. and three. No surprise there. Two is healthy. Tua is 5-0 in games that he has started and finished this year, which is unbelievable, which is awesome. A credit to him, a credit to his hard work. He's been big time this year. 
But we have a game to talk about, like I said. So obviously, we picked up the win against the Detroit Lions this past Sunday, winning that game 31 to 27. And it was led by none other than Tua. I mean, the dude had 400 total yards. He looked amazing out there. Like the offense was slinging. He was slinging. I, I predicted that this was going to be the game where they get this offense right, where Tua scores three touchdowns, and he absolutely did so. So I was not surprised there. I thought he could have had four touchdowns. It should have been four, but one guy didn't get um, challenged, which I thought Mike McDaniel should have challenged that, you know, if I want to nitpick a little bit. But yeah, Tua played outstanding. I mean, the offense was humming. 400 total yards for Tua. Love to see that. Three touchdowns, no interceptions. Only got sacked twice. You know, he threw the ball away when he needed to. He was sliding when he needed to. Granted, the slides look a little bit iffy there. I don't know. This dude needs to learn how to slide a little bit better. Does give me a little heart attack. But Tua is playing outstanding football. He's been doing great. Tyreek Hill, he continued to do what he does. He had 12 receptions for 188 yards on 14 targets. This dude is a force to be reckoned with. 188 yards. Like, I am so freaking grateful. I don't care if I say this every time. Like, to have a player like Tyreek Hill out here that is putting up the numbers that he's doing. Yo, I've never seen ever in my lifetime a Dolphins player this freaking badass, man. This freaking good. Like, this dude, you know exactly what you're getting week in and week out. The defense knows it, and quite frankly, they can't do shit about it to stop this man. Like, it is an absolute treat to have Tyreek Hill in a Dolphins uniform. That's exactly why I bought the damn retro jersey with him, and I don't regret that. And I'm a guy that, listen, I'm a little bit iffy on jerseys because, hey, you know, you get a jersey, the guy gets traded, you know, shit like that. It, it, it sucks. So I'm a little bit iffy when it comes to jerseys. But, hey. I did not hesitate when it came to Tyreek Hill because the, you immediately knew, like, oh, yeah. Nah, this guy's playing out his whole contract in Miami. They ain't letting this dude go no matter what, man. Like, what he does on and off the field is just unbelievable. What a joy to watch Tyreek Hill week in and week out. Dude continues the ball. He's on pace of breaking Calvin Johnson's record for receiving yards. I think he absolutely will do so. I mean, the pace he's at, he's got all the tools to be able to do that and hey i saw i saw a tweet that he might be the first receiver to get 2,000 yards i wouldn't put that out of the possibility i think he has a excellent chance of doing so if he keeps playing this way but key word is health he's got to stay healthy and the man on the center has to stay healthy as well we got to get the ball to him somehow even though tyreek hill's so good like it doesn't matter who's under center but look the the productivity is way way smoother when two is out there 188 yards i mean sheesh um, how about my man Jalen Waddle? Eight catches for 106 yards on nine targets. I only missed one. Got two touchdowns with it. Jalen Waddle. That was my X factor heading into the game. I wanted to see Tua and him re reestablish that connection that they had before the injury, uh, before the concussion, or whatever you may call it. Um, and nice to see them get back together and having that Alabama connection. It's just, it's truly amazing. Like every time Tua finds Jalen Waddle, I mean, it's just always a strike of a throw. And you can just tell, like, these guys absolutely enjoy playing with each other. So two touchdowns for Jalen Waddle. He was my X Factor. He came up big time. And how about Mike Gesicki, man? Mike Gesicki with three catches for 38 yards and another touchdown. So Mike, Mike Gesicki has continued to put up some numbers, some touchdowns here and there, and is playing the best that he can with the opportunity that he's given. Yes, he's a bad blocker. Yes, he's still struggling at that. Yes, I thought he can get traded. But this man, is he made it safe. 
he's staying as a Miami Dolphin and he's contributing at a very high level. He's maximizing his opportunity and that's all you can ask for from Mike Gesicki because I wanted to see this man targeted. Like this is a guy that it can catch the ball and can make some athletic ass plays. Like he has to be a part of this offense. And it's nice to see Mike McDaniel letting Mike Gesicki um, get after it on a couple of plays here and there. So I absolutely love what I saw from there. But there's a lot of positive stuff I'm talking about. Okay, yes, to a degree, yes to 400 yards. I absolutely loved what I see. A win is a win. Now you're five and three. Tua is five and zero oh as a quarterback when he starts and finishes. I thought there was a, a excellent stat, by the way. Excellent stat that I have to point out for Tua. I saw that he was nine for nine on third down conversions. That is freaking amazing. Like third down are money plays. That's where I like to judge quarterbacks a lot. Are you able to make those first downs on third down? How do you play? How do you throw it? How do you perform? Do you crack up under pressure, especially on third downs? Tua continues. He's been very good on third downs, and he continues to do so. I mean, nine for nine? I hope that stat is correct. If it's nine for nine throwing by Tua, that's what I heard. That is freaking impressive. The team as a whole was eight for 12 on third down efficiency. That's big time. And one for one on fourth down. That is big time. But, I mean, let's not sleep on that fourth down. That one-for-one one was big time. Absolutely love Mike McDaniel going for it on fourth down early in the game. But one thing I wanted to say, I said, if you're going to go for it, I like the aggressive approach. But if you're going to go for it on fourth down, do not hand this ball to your running back. Let Tua be the guy to throw and get you that first down. That shows belief in your quarterback, confidence in your quarterback, and honestly, that's the only way I want to see it. Like, if we're going to go for it, I'd rather know that it's on my quarterback's hand, let my quarterback make the play. If he doesn't make the play, I'm living with it. But I'm not living with a handoff on a shotgun play to no Chase Edmonds and getting stuff. Like, I can't, I won't, I won't be able to forgive that. Like, absolutely not. So nice to see Mike McDaniel trust Tua to get that first down, and he absolutely did. But penalties, you ask. Penalties, penalties, penalties. I'm sorry. I have to shift things on over to a little bit of a negative side. I won't touch up too much on the negative things. I want to be more positive about this team because it's a great day. But the penalties got to get cleaned up, man. Seven penalties, 55 yards. And by the way, it was more than seven penalties, guys. Like, if you watch the game, the Detroit Lions ended up declining a lot of penalties there goes to show you the respect they have against this Dolphins offense but they declined a shitload I think it was like an extra six or seven out there so you're talking about a team that already has been struggling with penalties continues to do so I mean you saw Mike McDaniel look at one of his guys and say get that shit fixed like what is going on I mean it's absolutely inexcusable I mean this defense played so poorly out there giving up so many so many points of the Detroit Lions. I mean, they got off to a crazy, crazy start. You gave up 27 points at halftime. Like, we were down 27 to 17 to the Detroit Lions. Like, yes, I know the Lions' offense is, is better this year. Yes, I get it. But they're the Detroit Lions at the end of the day, and we're the Miami Dolphins. You can't get penalized the way you do. You can't continue to give up yards the way you do. And you can't give up 27 points of the Detroit Lions at half. You shouldn't be giving that up to anybody in the NFL. Teams should be scoring 27 at the end of a game, throughout the game, not at a half. That type of stuff was concerning, and that's why I'm freaking excited as hell that we addressed at least some type of defensive issues. Getting a linebacker like that, like Bradley Chubb, like, thank you. Absolutely, like, like 
shout out, shout out to to Chris Greer, man. We absolutely needed that. But man, giving up 27 points, I didn't like that, man. I know a lot of people are ta- are very low on Josh Boyer and everything like that. You know, they're saying that we got to get rid of him, and you know, we got to pack his ass up. But I'm a little bit. Uh, listen, I'm not the biggest Josh Boyer fan. I absolutely think we should address that issue in the offseason. I think we should definitely pivot to a new defensive coordinator. Vic Fangio will be my like my option number one if we can get him. But for this season, I, I don't put this all on Josh Boyer. Like, I really don't. I put this mainly on Byron Jones, who is our captain, who is supposed to be ready to go and all these things, and he decided to get his surgery late, and now he's probably, you know, every time, every week, he's just, hey, he's not playing this week, he's not playing this week, he's not playing this week. Quite frankly, I don't think Byron Jones is coming back this season, and that sucks because this scheme is built through Xavier Howard and Byron Jones to be able to shut, be shut down cornerbacks. That's why we do so much zero blitz, but you can't do the zero blitz when you have one side of the field that cannot lock it down. Like you trust Xavier Howard, but you don't trust the other side. Okay? So because you have that missing piece, it's built through your two cornerbacks that are shut down. Because you have that missing piece, the zero blitz is not working, and we're getting absolutely torched on defense. Passing yards, passing yards, passing yards, just killing us, killing us week after week. So that sucks. Yes, okay, fine. Injuries happen. You lose Byron Jones, but guess what? We lost Trill Williams, who's another cornerback. We lost Nick Needham out for the season, who's another cornerback. We uh, Cater Coe, who's banged up, who's undrafted. We have to rely on him. He's banged up. Keon Crossan is banged up. Brandon Jones, another DB. He's out for the season with a torn ACL. I mean, yo, we have the worst luck when it comes to these DBs, and it just sucks because that is the most important part of our defense. It honestly is. So I, I don't want to you know, blame Josh Boyer for everything because he's kind of working with what he's got. He's trying to do the best he can. At the end of the day, he is making adjustments at halftime. You saw the the adjustment in the Baltimore game where he's able to give up less points than he did in the first half. You saw the same thing in Buffalo, able to get the stops when they needed to, to pull off that victory. And you saw it this past Sunday. Yes, we gave up 27 points to the Detroit Lions in the first half, but you also shut them down in the second half. So they had zero points in the second half. So that's shout out to Josh Boyer and the defense. It was ugly, but at the end of the day, they got the job done. They got the stops when they needed to as they continued to do so. So I don't blame Boyer entirely. I don't love him, though. I'm not going to sit here and say, yo, Josh Boyer's the GOAT. No, no, no. He's absolutely, like, I, I'd rather look elsewhere, but I wouldn't fire him midseason is what I'm telling you. I'm kind of going to stay the course, and I understand. I think he's doing the best he can with what he has out there, and that's due to injuries. Like, I really do think that's what it is. I think if this team was uh, fully healthy with Byron Jones included, especially with Byron Jones, I think this defense would be top-notch. So I'm not putting the blame entirely on Josh Boyer. I think he has a lot to do with it, uh, but I'm not packing his ass up in the middle of the season. That's for damn sure. Um, but yeah, like I said, man, it's an ugly win. <laughs> it is. Don't get me wrong. Tua had some unbelievable throws. Looks great, just like he always does. I mean, the dude is absolutely incredible. I mean, the steps that he's taken here in this season has been amazing. Remember watching him, you know, year one, watching him year two, now watching him with a coach that believes in him, that is putting the ball in his hands, that's telling us, hey, Go make this play on fourth down for us. Go make this big third down. Hey, you want to take a couple deep shots downfield? Do it. Hey, uh, we're down twenty. We're down uh, twenty-eight in the fourth quarter against Baltimore. Go win us that game. I bet I got you. Like 
seeing the development from Tua this year has been such a freaking joy to watch. Is it perfect? No, but they're, that's how you grow. That's how you get better. Yes, there was a struggle against Pittsburgh. First game back from a concussion, of course. But you knew that boy was going to bounce back the next game, right? 400 total yards. He had 400 against Baltimore. The dude is having an unbelievable season, and I think he's going to continue to do so. And there goes to tell you what it's like when you have a coach that believes in you, that instills confidence in you, and you see what a confident Tua can give this Miami Dolphins team. It's crazy to say. Like, we are so high on Tua and so hard on Tua, this and that. But, hey, you think about it? Tua's the best damn quarterback we've had in a freaking long-ass time. And I mean, you can argue that, you know, in my time, he might be the best quarterback that I've seen in a Dolphins uniform. Like, I've seen Jay Fiedler. I've seen, you know, the, the other Bob Greasy. I've seen, who else did I see? You know, Tannehill. I think he's better than Tannehill. I've seen Matt Moore. He's better than Matt Moore. I've seen Chad Henney. He's better than Chad Henney. Um, who, who else? Uh, Dante Culpepper. I mean, come on now. You know what I mean? Like, if you think about it, like, Tua is pretty much one of the best guys we've had in a while. Like, he really is, and he's developing finally. Like, yes, you had a nice little spot guy in, in, in Fitzpatrick here. Yes, he's, he's awesome. He's great and whatever. But you're talking about a guy where, like, a franchise quarterback, potentially. He's on his way, and he's doing some big things. I'm excited to continue to watch his development and continue to watch that man ball because he is freaking killing it. But it's an ugly win against Detroit at the end of the day. But a win is a win in the NFL, and that freaking matters. That absolutely does matter. You got to get the wins, how you can get them. You got to take them, and all of that stuff. So good job by the Miami Dolphins. Good job by the defense getting the stops that they needed to to win that game. And excellent job by Chris Greer. <laughs> like, just pulling that off at the trade deadline. Awesome. But, hey, we're on to another week at the end of the day. Okay. Oh, by the way, I know there's some haters out there. I know there's some haters out there that are going to talk about, oh, my God, Tua had 400 against the Lions. Big deal. Listen to me. If Tua didn't do this against the Lions, y'all would talk shit. So now that Tua did do it against the Lions, I'm going to talk my shit. So you're welcome. You're going to have to listen to that. And if you're still hating on that, all right, and you want to just minimize what he did because it's against the Lions, we are talking about a Lions team that this season has held Zappi of the Patriots, who had a great little stint to only 188 yards, which is under 200. This is a Lions defense that held Kirk Cousins to 24 for 41 throwing, all right, 58% completion percentage. This is a Detroit Lions defense that held Jalen Hurts, who's arguably an MVP, to a zero touchdown game and only 243 yards. And this is also a Detroit Lions defense that held Dak Prescott to zero touchdowns thrown against them in their matchup. For what it's worth, I just want to throw that out there for the haters. I just want to throw it out. But listen, flipping the page at the end of the day, and we have another game this week, and it is on the road again. Battle-tested is what we are, so there's no problem there. We're going against the Chicago Bears. The Chicago Bears are 3-5 and five currently. Our team, our Dolphins, we're five-point favorites in this game. I absolutely love this spot for us. I am not concerned about this at all. I think Justin Fields has, has not been good. I mean, this is a guy 
who has struggled to throw the ball. He has six interceptions already this season, only seven touchdowns. So that touchdown to interception ratio is not looking good. This is a guy that can only kill you with his legs. His running ability is awesome. Don't get me wrong. But this team is just a god awful team. I mean, honestly, this Chicago Bears team is is bad. I mean, this is a team that's averaging only 19.4 points per game. Okay, they're allowing 22.6. So their defense is a little bit better. I don't think you should sleep on their defense. But this is a defense that just got rid of Roquan Smith. And that guy is the anchor of that entire defense. So their defense took a step back that and it was already back. Okay, this is a team that's given up um, 198 yards to passing per game and 156 running. So they're giving up pretty much an even, like right in the middle of the pack for both passing yards and rushing yards, which I think that is a very sweet spot that you would want to be in as a Miami Dolphins fan. I think the Dolphins have exactly what they need to beat this team down. This is a team that you can hit from all angles. So you want to kill them with the pass. You want to kill them with the run game. I think the Dolphins have everything they need to be successful, even on the road. Okay. Only thing that I'm concerned about is Justin Fields and running the football. I'm not concerned about him throwing the football. You want to make this guy throw the ball. Like, this is how, this is the keys to victory to beating Chicago. Make Justin Fields a thrower. Make him throw the ball. Yes, we have injuries with the DBs. I understand that. But this man cannot throw the football. He will not kill you throwing it. He can only kill you running it. So, my X factors for this game is got to be an entire pass rush, okay? We have to not only be able to put pressure on the quarterback, but we're going to need to wrap him up. So I'm looking at the insides. I'm looking at Christian Wilkins of having a big game. I'm looking at Raekwon Davis to have a big game. Zach Sealer, need to get pressure from the inside to not make this guy step up and scramble in the pocket. I think the outside will be good enough, but we got to be ready on the inside. So I'm looking at Christian Wilkins as a big X factor in this game. And if I had to throw out another one, I mean, it's a, it might be a little bit boring, but hey, it's the new guy. It's Bradley Chubb. It's Bradley Chubb, man. Like, this is your time as a linebacker to make your statement felt. Like, you have an opportunity to just steal the show here. Justin Fields is a runner. We're going to need a lot of Bradley Chubb getting the stops that he needs. Jerome Baker, he's got to be on his A game and be ready as well. And I think Chubb is going to have a sack this game i really really do and i think we're gonna get freaking excited about it so those are my x factors this game um it's a lot on the defense like i said it's christian wilkins it's bradley chubb and you could throw in a little bit of jerome baker i think this is an absolute this is the absolute recipe to beat the chicago bears team i think this dolphins team is ready to do so you know what let me throw out an x factor on offense all right let's not just leave it on the defense so on offense i picked Jalen waddle last game he netted you two touchdowns who can I pick here? Tyreek Hill is absolutely a given. I picked Jalen Waddle primarily because I know he's great, but I wanted to see him and Tua reestablish that connection um, that they had before the concussion. I'm going to go, you know, I want to pick Mostert, man. I really do. But I, I know Jeff Wilson is going to get a lot of a burn, I'm assuming. I think they're really going to go back to splitting carries, probably 50-50 to try to lower the workload on Mostert. I'm going to go with Mike Gesicki, man. I really am. I, I, I really like what I've seen from Mike Gesicki, like his, his resiliency to just, you know, hear all these trade rumors, be in and out the lineup, like not even playing a lot of plays, not being able to block. You know, the fan base turns on him a lot. You know, 
you know, I'm very hard on him myself, but his ability to still be able to produce at the time that he's had on that field and produce touchdowns, I'm going to ride with the hot hand. I'm going to go Mike Gusecki as an X Factor. I think he continues to get involved, and I think he's going to get you another touchdown. We might not see a gritty, but I think he'll be able to get in the end zone. So I'm going to go Mike Gusecki as the X Factor. I would like to see him get involved against the Chicago Bears defense. And, you know, Tua's obviously got a ball. Tyreek is going to ball. Not worried about those guys. And pretty much that's how you win this game, I think. I think this, the linebackers and Bradley Chubb especially is going to have to be ready to go. And I think Christian Wilkins especially is going to have to be on his A game. On his A game. And penalties. Gotta stop the freaking penalties. Please be a disciplined team. Cut the penalties out. You guys are better than that. I mean, you have to. You have to because it's getting inexcusable just week in and week out with all of these damn penalties. Like, we are hurting ourselves at the end of the day, and that is not a recipe of a team that wants to be a contender going for it all come playoff time. So that, that for sure needs to get cleaned up. That absolutely needs to get cleaned up because I'm telling you, if we're not on our A game and we're giving up yards left and right, you're going to allow a shitty team to be in a game. And listen, when a shitty team is in a game and they have momentum, that is exactly how you can end up freaking losing it. So Dolphins got to be on their A game. Josh Boyd's got to have these guys ready to go. Limit the freaking penalties. And those X factors that I said, if they get going and they do what they have to do, we're on our way to looking at a 6-3 and three Miami Dolphins team. So you want score predictions to wrap it up, right? Absolutely. That's what everyone's here for. Listen, I am going to go ahead and say that the Dolphins put up another 20-piece here. All right, I think they go and win this game 24 to mm. Bears offense is so trash, right? But our defense hasn't been able to prove to me that we're able to stop guys. So mm. damn it. I want to say 24-13. I really really do, but I'm just going to spot them uh two touchdowns and a field goal because this defense hasn't shown me the ability to stop other teams from scoring even shitty teams so i'm gonna go ahead with a 24 17 miami dolphins win hopefully it's more than that um but i'm gonna go ahead and say that you know this is a potential game that uh, a team that you might overlook a team that you're better than you're on the road there's a lot of potential here of a little bit of stress here we should absolutely win this game at the end of the day hopefully it's not stressful hopefully we can get this game over with early we can just you know smack them boys up but we're the Dolphins at the end of the day. Stress is part of it. Stress is part of it week in and week out. Let's hope for a big game for Bradley Chubb. Make his presence felt. Welcome him in with the aqua and orange with the Miami Dolphins uniform. But I got the your Miami Dolphins winning 24-17 and improving to 6-3 and three in this season. All right, so it's time to shift things on over, keeping it with the NFL, going into week 9 of this season, pretty much just at the middle of the pack. And that is with NFL Predictions. All right, welcome back to NFL Prediction on the Miami Sports Vibes podcast. Listen, last week with the straight picks, I actually went 10 and 5. So not a bad bounce back week for me. But against the spread, I went 7 and 8. I feel like I always go either 7 and 8 and 8 and 7. That is typical me right just a Miami Dolphin fan that's what we've been used to seeing <laughs> until now obviously times are changing fingers crossed hopefully because we're still going through the season but 
like I said, 10 and 5 throughout the week with the straight up picks and 7 and 8 against the spread. That brings my record straight up picks 71, 51, and 1. And my against the spread is 63, 59, and 1. So it's still positive. Obviously, that's what I'm shooting for. So we're starting with Thursday night football for my predictions. And that is where the Philadelphia Eagles, who are 7 and 0, take on the Houston Texans at 1-5 and 1. Philly is favored by 14 freaking points here. That is huge. Like 14 points? Are you kidding me? Listen, no way in hell I'm taking the Texans. But it's like, damn, that spread. You know how I am, man. Like I'm going to take it. Yes, I've been losing. There's been a couple beatdowns last week in particular. But I'm going to take the Eagles, but I'm going to take Houston getting 14. I like this spot for them. I think 14 is way too high of a number, especially at home. Short week as well. I know, yeah, like just, yeah, I'm taking the 14. I am. Might be a slow game. Thursday night football usually is that. So give me the Eagles, but Houston covering the 14. Then we're moving on to Sunday. The Miami Dolphins taking on the Chicago Bears. Listen. You guys heard my predictions. Dolphins are favored by five points, but I had this team winning by seven. So I'm taking my Miami Dolphins, and I'm also laying the five points as well. Next, the Buffalo Bills taking on the New York Jets. Buffalo is favored by 13 points. This game is in MetLife Stadium, and Zach Wilson looks terrible. Best believe the Buffalo Bills are going to take advantage of that. I don't think this game is going to be even close. Give me the Bills to win and give me the Bills laying the 13 now. I know 13 is a big number. Normally, I'm against that. But I just think that this Bills team is just miles, miles, miles way better than the New York Jets. Even though the New York Jets have a very good defense this season, they are playing hard defensively. Their offense seems to be what's the problem, particularly Zach Wilson. But I just think the Bills are like way too good and they didn't have a good game on sunday the bills didn't have a good game on sunday so look for this to be a bounce back give me the bills and give me the bills laying the 13 next the los angeles chargers going against the atlanta falcons this game is in atlanta chargers are favored by three points here i like the chargers here and i also like the chargers laying the three points i know they have a lot of injury issues but i kind of like them here coming off the bye only favored by they're favored by three points i will lay that even on the road. Chargers to win and Chargers land the three. Next, the Carolina Panthers at two and six, taking on the Cincinnati Bengals. Bengals are favored by seven. Listen, Carolina's been playing some tough football, man. They really are. They really are. This is a team that looks like they're just going to be tanking. And they say, nah, like they're playing with a little bit of an edge to them. And I think seven is a big number. Give me the Bengals to win this game because I feel like they have to sit in that four and four. But I would like to see. You know, I, I'm sorry, not like to see, but I really, really do have confidence in the Carolina Panthers covering the seven. So give me the Panthers with the points there. Next, the Green Bay Packers. Whew, what a disaster has been for over there in Green Bay. Taking on the Detroit Lions, who just lost to yours truly, Miami Dolphins. The Packers are favored by three and a half points. I think this number is right where it needs to be. Give me Green Bay to finally get a win, and give me Green Bay laying the three and a half. They need a statement win. They really do. Like, they are desperate for wins. You're talking about losses to the New York Jets, the New York Giants, the Washington Commanders, and then obviously getting your ass kicked by the Buffalo Bills. Aaron Rodgers needs to make a statement, and I keep saying that time and time again on this podcast, but... It's got to come true. Going against a one-win Lion team, this is where you need to do so. 
Next, the Indianapolis Colts taking on the New England Patriots. New England is favored by five and a half points. This game is in Foxborough. I am absolutely taking the New England Patriots over the Colts. I don't think the Colts are a good football team at all, especially after that disaster that I just saw. And I'm also going to lay the five and a half. So I'm laying the five and a half with New England and taking them straight up as well. Next, the Minnesota Vikings taking on the Washington Commanders. Minnesota is favored by three and a half. They're six and one. I mean, who would have thought that? I mean, Minnesota six and one. Like, they're one of the top teams in the NFL. You know, a lot of people say, hey, they're not playing like it. You know, they're getting lucky, this and that. Listen, six and one is six and one. So you got to give credit where credit is due, man, at this point. Minnesota Vikings continue to win. They're favored by three and a half. I'm going to ride them out here. I am going to take the Minnesota Vikings. And I'm also going to lay the three and a half points. I don't think Washington is a good football team. You know, yes, they have Terry McLaurin. Yeah, Brian Robinson's okay. Yeah, Tyler Heineken looks great so far. I'm not going to sleep on them. But I don't know. The way Minnesota's playing, I think they're definitely capable of winning by more than three there. Next, the Las Vegas Raiders against the Jacksonville Jaguars. These are two teams that in the beginning of the season, I was so hyped up for. And I was overrating the hell out of both of these teams. And now they're both two and six. And they're both playing terrible. Like, there is nothing that I'm like, okay, you know, no. Like, Raiders look terrible. Jaguars look terrible. The only thing going for both of their team is both of their running backs look absolutely amazing. I mean, Josh Jacobs is having an awesome freaking year, and Travis Etienne is balling the fuck out. Besides that, the whole rest of the other team, the rest of the team, is a disaster. And there goes to show you why this is a pick'em. Las Vegas is favored by one point on the road. Who do I take? I just, this is like a any mini miny mo at this point. <laughs> Listen. Give me the Raiders, I guess. You know, who has the better player? Devontae Adams, so give me the Raiders. That's how I'm choosing this. I'm going to take the Raiders, and obviously I'm going to lay the one point because that is practically a pick them there. Um, next, the Seattle Seahawks taking on the Arizona Cardinals. Cardinals are favored by two points at home here. Seattle looks like well, they're the way better team. Geno is playing with some dog in them, but I think this is the game where the Cardinals, this is a division game. You got to win the one on your home turf here. I'm going to go ahead and pick the Cardinals. I mean, I don't really feel comfortable doing it. I like Seattle more. So because of that, I'm going to back myself here, and I'm going to take Seattle plus the two. If that goes up to three, that's an even sweet spot to probably bet, and I might hop in on that. Next, the Los Angeles Rams at three and four, taking on the Bucks, who are three and five. This game's in Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay has burned me time and time again. They're favored by three points. They keep burning me on my bets, and I keep going back to them. I don't know what is wrong with me. I keep thinking Brady's going to pull through for me. You know, people say don't bet against Brady. Now I'm betting for Brady, and he's still <laughs> messing me up, man. This is unbelievable. Both of these teams just look like, I, I don't know, man, like highly talented teams just not producing. This is shocking to me. I mean, there's a lot of issues you can point to, but both of these teams should not have three wins thus far. Like, they should not. They should not. Not at all. I'm going to go ahead and pick the Buccaneers to win this game. I'm riding with Tom Brady. I'm not going to bet against Tom Brady. I'm going to continue to ride with Tom Brady here. Give me the Bucks to win, but give me the Rams to cover the three here. So give me the Rams plus the three. I think the Bucks win this game probably by three points. So if anything, we get a little split there. Um, next, 
Sunday Night Football, Tennessee Titans at 5-2, and two, surprisingly. Taking on the Kansas City Chiefs at 5-2. and two. This game's in KC. KC is favored by 12.5 points. Huge number. Give me the Chiefs to win, but give me Tennessee getting 12.5 points here on Sunday Night Football. And the last game on the slate is the Baltimore Ravens taking on the New Orleans Saints on the road. Baltimore's favored by three points here. Baltimore just added Roquan Smith to the mix, so that defense just got beefed up even more. That's another team that's going all in for the playoffs this season. Give me the Ravens to win, and give me the Ravens laying the three points as well. Now, as far as my best bet of the week, listen, I keep going to the well with the Tampa Bay Bucks, and they keep on burning me. Like, I am losing a shitload of money with them. They keep burning me, and this might be a good time to probably, instead of follow my pick, probably fade my pick because I'm getting a little cold here, and once you get cold, it takes a while to get out of it. It's like when you're hot, you're hot, but when you're cold, you're cold when it comes to betting. I'm going with a play here on Monday Night Football. I like this number. I'm confident as hell with the Baltimore Ravens. They look to go all in with Roquan Smith added to the mix. I love this spot for them. Minus two and a half on Monday Night Football on the road against the New Orleans Saints. I don't think the Saints are a good football team. They look to be a complete mess. That's another team that I thought was going to do wonders this season. They don't look to be doing so. I know they're at home, but I love Lamar Jackson here on primetime football. I love the energy that they're going to have on defense, adding Smith to the mix. And you're only laying two and a half points, so pretty much you win this game by three, which most games, if they're close, they probably win by three. You win the bet. So give me the Baltimore Ravens minus the two and a half. That is minus 115 on FanDuel. That's my lock of the week. Fade or follow it. This might be a good opportunity for you to fade my picks because, yeah, it ain't going too well. But there you have it. Best of luck, whether you tail or fade it. And let's see how week nine of the NFL season goes. All right, so that's a wrap. Thank you, everybody, for making me a part of your day yet again. Shout out to the Miami Dolphins. Extra shout out to Chris Greer, by the way. I mean, please, let's not keep, like, let's not pass by any, any round of applause. Like, if you're in your house and you just want to give Chris Greer a round of applause, don't hesitate to do so. Because that man absolutely deserves it. This guy is a masterful, masterful GM. He continues to make these moves. Listen, I'm still talking about it on the damn outro. Maybe I should stop. Guys, but in all seriousness, thank you for the continued support that you continue to give me week in and week out. I cannot thank you guys enough. Hope the Dolphins get a damn win and prove to 6-3 and three this weekend. Like, that is what I'm aiming for. That is what I hope for. And I hope Bradley Chubb gets a damn sack. Like, come on. Great time to be a Dolphin fan. Guys, enjoy the game. Thank you for the support. And make it a great week, ladies and gentlemen. I will see you guys back here next week. And once again, thank you so much for listening to the Miami Sports Vibes Podcast with Nando Diaz.